0: Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Turn Evangelism podcast with T.S. Myers. Our prayer is that this message impacts your life. If it does, let us know by going to turnevangelism.com forward slash connect and let us know how God used this message to influence you. If you would like to follow our ministry, we would love for you to go to turnevangelism.com and check us out.
1: And today I'm going to be in Colossians chapter 1, so if you want to open your Bibles, I'd love for you to go there. And one thing I want you to understand this morning as you're opening your Bibles to Colossians chapter 1 is that understanding who Jesus Christ is leads us away from asking for more for ourselves. In other words, what I'm going to be talking about today is the sufficiency of Christ. That Jesus is enough for you. Is Jesus your everything? Is he your all in all? Does his love overwhelm your heart? Is he all that you need? Is he your everything? So my follow-up question is, is everything enough for you? Or do you ask God for more? Do you need more? Do you say, God, why don't I have this? Well, Jesus is your everything. Don't you have everything? Paul is able to say, I'm able to possess nothing and yet have everything. Well, why? Because he has Christ. And so he says these things in the midst of jailhouses, and he encourages us to think this way as well, to be content in Christ, to know that whether we have a lot or we have a little, we can do all things through him who gives us strength. Why? Because Jesus was Paul's, Everything. He was rich even though he was poor. Jesus Christ is enough, but the world will tell you that Jesus is not enough, that you need more. Or Jesus is enough spiritually, but you're going to need other things in other areas. And I want to let you know that Jesus is enough, both spiritually and in life and practice. When Martin Luther was recounting his conversion, when he came to realize and understand when he's looking at that Romans 1.17, talking about how the just shall live by faith, he started to realize that the strength of God made him strong. The wisdom of God made him wise. Right? It was something that he received from God. And so maybe you're wondering, why, why don't I have strength in this situation? Well, if Jesus is your everything and he lives inside of you, his strength can make you strong. And you think, well, maybe I need some wisdom in this area. I just don't know how to do it. Well, if the wisdom of God lives in you and Christ lives in you, his wisdom can make you wise as well. Is Jesus your everything? The world will tell you to add other things to your faith, to add other things to make you even more spiritual, Last semester, I was taking a a class on uh, teaching at the higher ed, and I had a guy in the class who was a missiologist, so in these kind of classes, we're not, you know, taking classes within our major or what we're studying, so we have different people from different fields in this class, and I had a missiologist in this class, and he uh, he lived in Africa, and he does his work in Africa, and he talks about how Christianity is growing very fast in Africa, but you want to hear something? A lot of it is syncretistic, meaning they incorporate Christianity into their religion. And so they accept Christ into their religion, but they'll still go to the witch doctor throughout their life. Okay, Now this is their thought process, according to the missiologist that I was talking to. The thought process was, is this. They, they would accept Jesus for their salvation, but you know, that, was, that was later on when they die. You know, but as they go about their life here and now, they need that witch doctor. In fact, if they were to give up that witch doctor, they would not only not have the benefits of, of the witch doctor, but they would, also, they would also offend their families who have been going to the witch doctor for years, this medicine man for years, right? They would offend their culture as well. Now here's the deal. If Jesus is your everything, you don't need anything like that. It means giving that stuff up, and a true follower of Christ understands this. The here and now looks different. It's not just Jesus saved me for my eternity, but Jesus saved me for right now as well. So what does God want us to do? What is the solution that God gives us? Well, here it is. When we know Christ and who He is, and we we believe in Him, and we see Him for who He is, we understand that Jesus is enough. And God says, Jesus is enough. And so if somebody comes to you and says, Jesus is not enough... You need a little bit more, or come up here and here's some secret knowledge for you. You know, you're not really spiritual enough if you don't do this thing. They're going against the very words of God. Don't listen to them. Jesus is enough. Starting to understand this also brings some relief to your life as well. How many of you have ever been on a cruise before? Anybody in here been on a cruise? I have. They're super fun. Generally, they're all-inclusive for most of the cruise. Well, I want you to imagine, do you guys know what all-inclusive cruises mean? Like what that means for a vacation to be all-inclusive? You don't have to pay for anything. You can go up to the buffet and just eat, right? You can go sit down, and if you're, if you're dining at the, din- the dinner table, you can say, I want this meal. Oh, this one looks good too. Can I, bring, can I get that one too? And that one, and that one. They'll just keep bringing it out to you, and it doesn't cost anything extra. It's all-included. Okay, imagine there's a cruise that's all-inclusive from top to bottom. There's no specialty dining. All of it's included, okay? And then you think, okay, well, I'm going to bring a sack lunch onto this cruise. Look, if you do that, you're stupid, okay? <laughs> you know, your sack lunch is not going to be as good as that cruise food, okay? They got really good chefs on in that cruise, and they're going to take care of you. In fact, they want to take care of you. Maybe you're a few days into that cruise, and you're thinking, man, if I just feel like so guilty taking all this food. It's all inclusive, I know, but I just feel like I need to work a little bit for my meal today. No, here's the deal. You don't need to work. It's included. It's all included. And your Christianity, when Jesus gives you his righteousness that comes by faith in him, it's all included. In fact, what you're starting to do once you understand who you really are in Christ is you start to work from a position of gratitude. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. It's a natural result, a spiritual, reasonable act of worship for you to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice when you understand fully the mercy of God. And when you start to get this, it becomes relieving as well. You mean I don't have to do anything to be saved? No, it's all done for you. Now, you're not working towards your salvation, you're not working towards heaven, you're working from it. Now, when you're loving people, you're not using them to get something from God. You've already gotten from God, which you can never get on your own. Now, you're actually loving people unconditionally. It's not for you, it's for them. Do you see? So, when we understand the all-inclusive nature of the grace of God... And the sufficiency of Christ, that he has brought everything to fullness in himself, it relieves us and it keeps us from error. In Colossians, there was an error that had seeped into the teachings of some of the people in the church. When Paul wrote this letter, uh, he was writing it probably in his first Roman imprisonment. And he writes to this church in Asia Minor, which is now modern-day Turkey. And this is not a church that Paul planted, he was writing from apostolic authority, though, because he heard about this false teaching in this area. Epaphras, a leader of the church, filled him in on it. So what was this false teaching of Colossae? The teaching taught that they needed more than Jesus in order to really be Christians. And it was false, and, and Paul addresses it. Part of this was that they would have a teaching about special wisdom that they needed to become more than Christians or better Christians or to be fullness of Christians. Either way, it was a false teaching. And the teaching itself was ascetic, which means, you know, think like this, you know, works, you have to do this in order to be this in front of God. Think, abstain from this, don't do this, right? No, it's all done in Christ. The false teaching claimed a special knowledge. Have you ever met people that are like, yeah, you're Christian, but do you know this yet? You're not really full in Christ until you know this here. No, you're full in Christ when you come to know him for the first time. The rest of your life is you coming to understand how full you are in Christ. They promoted Jewish practices like circumcision, dietary laws, and festival observations as well. This to them was what it meant to be a Christian. But Paul comes along with his authority and reminds them that true wisdom is in Christ alone, not in their works. Long story short, Paul writes to rebuke this false teaching and to say that Jesus alone is is the authority over all things and that Jesus Christ is enough. So we're going to be in the second half of Colossians chapter 1 today, but before Paul ever gets there, I want you to notice, if you, we're not going to go over this part of the passage today, but if you look at the first part of chapter 1, Paul is very encouraging to them. He does a few things. He praises their faithfulness. He points them back to the gospel and reminds them, hey, look, we are common sharers in this grace of God. And then he prays for them as well. And then he goes into correcting them about the false teaching. But before he says, this teaching is false, you know what he does? He shows them the real deal. He points to the Son, Jesus Christ, and he says, this is the person that we have sufficiency in. Right? He shows him the real deal. He shows them the real deal so that they could better understand why their teaching is so abhorrent. So, who is the Son? And this is what we're going to be talking about today. Who is the Son? Who is Jesus? And why is He enough? If you have your Bibles, let's go to verse 15 of Colossians chapter 1. Speaking of the Son, Paul says this. Speaking of Jesus, Paul says this. Who is the image of the invisible God? The firstborn over every creature. Now, what does this mean, firstborn over every creature? Well, we're not saying that there was a time when the sun was not. That's not what we're saying here. What we're saying here, what Paul is saying is that Christ has supremacy over everyone. The firstborn position was the position of supremacy in the household. And so this is what Paul is communicating to the church at Colossae. Verse 16 goes on to say, for by him, the Greek actually is in out too, which means in him here. So by him or in him were all things created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. So we have this idea of in him and then another time we see here in the end of the verse it says by him and for him. This word is ponte dia, which means all things through and then out to all things through him and then finally we see back for him here or unto him so i want you to understand this about what's going on in this text all things were created in Christ all things were created through Christ and all things were created for Christ in through for nothing was created apart from Christ and the son the trinity the second person of the trinity If there is anything in all of creation, it came through Christ. It came through the Son. That means if you want to be spiritual today, and you want to be made new, the same avenue is true for you to this day. If you want to become a new creation, you must be found in Him, through Him, and then it's going to be back for Him as well. Creation itself came through Christ. Recreation comes through Him as well. Verse 17. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence. The supremacy of Christ over all things is preached here by Paul. When we understand this, and what he's doing is he's setting up these Colossians to understand that he is saying Jesus is more than enough, through him, all things are created and we don't need to be looking to any other thing to fill us than Jesus Christ alone. So who is the Son and why is he enough? The Son is the fullness of God's power. Is that enough for you? Everything was made through him. Everything is remade through him. This is why in The incarnation, when Jesus becomes, when God becomes flesh, right? It's so important that it's the Son who becomes flesh. This is why the incarnation is important. If all creation was made through Christ, all things need to be remade through him as well. You know John 1 says that all things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. The Son in every area is supreme over all and is the only reason there can be any form of new creation. Everything is created in Him, through Him, and for Him. And all things that will be made new are going to be made new in the same exact way. There is no other way. Jesus Christ is the only way. There's no self-help book. There's no cultural cause that will make you better in Christ. There's no government. There's no spiritualism that can make you whole or spiritual. Only Christ can make you perfect and complete. It is the work of Christ alone. He is the creator, not us. So don't believe those who say you can be made complete by anything other than the wholeness of Christ. If you have Jesus, you have enough. Imagine you had the car of your dreams. Like it's just the car of your dreams. Not only did you have that car, but you knew that car inside and out. You knew how to to service that car you knew everything about the car and then all of a sudden on a long road trip that you had planned out a salesman comes to you and says hey you don't know you don't just need that car you actually need a bike as well because it's not going to get you where you need to go in fact if you want to get that last little bit you're going to need this bike and you're going to need to hitch it to your car you're going to look at that guy and you're going to say what are you talking about I know my car right I know my car why why? Why is this absurd? Because you know your car well enough to know that it's going to get you where you need to go. Your car is enough. You don't need the extra bike and you don't need to be listening to that salesman. You have a car, that's enough. And if you knew your car, you would know that. So Paul is pointing back to Jesus and says, Guys, if you know Jesus if you really spend time with him, you know him inside and out, you'll know that anybody that comes along and tells you you need something extra is full of hogwash. Don't listen to him. You know you're Jesus. You know he's enough. You know what he said. He is enough. So how do we hedge against these false teachers who try to upsell us other things that aren't Jesus? We have to know him. We have to know him. Are you spending time with Christ daily? How much time do you spend in his word? If somebody were a salesman that was a false teacher and he came up to you and said to you, Hey, you need to do this on top of your Christianity, would you know the scripture and would you know Jesus well enough to say, No, 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 I know my God. He said that he's enough and I trust him. What does your devotional life look like when nobody is looking? Great, you know the truths of the scripture. But do you really know them? Are they in your heart to the point where you're not not willing to give them up even if it means your life? Are they that much of a treasure to you? So who is the Son and why is He enough? The Son is the fullness of God's power. And secondly, the Son is God's salvation. Colossians 2.19, let's pick up there. For it pleased the Father that in Him "...should all fullness dwell, and having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, and you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your minds by wicked works, yet hath he now reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight." If ye continue in faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. So what's going on? So who is the Son and why is he enough? The Son is God's salvation. The one through whom his blood and through his blood that we receive our salvation. And I got a question, is God's salvation enough for you or are you trying to seek it in other things too? Let's reread some passages. Verse 19, let's just go back up there. It says, For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through his blood of his cross. Let's just pause there and think. All things were made through him, and now he's made peace through the blood of his cross. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him, I say, whether they be things on earth or things in heaven. It all comes back to Jesus. Because Jesus is the God who created through his death on the cross, he can make you new as well. Do you know God? Are you going back to God through Christ or through some other means? Are you seeking healing in anything other than the wounds of Jesus? Right. We know in Isaiah it says that he was pierced for our transgressions. And he was crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that brings us peace, is, is, is a, it's on him. And we know that by his wounds, we are healed. Doesn't say that by his wounds and self-help books, or by his wounds in the government. Doesn't say by his wounds and our friends or even our family. It's his wounds alone that heal us. All things are created by him, and everything is recreated back through him as well. If you want to be made new, you have to go through the wounds of Christ. And at the end of this message, you're going to have an opportunity to hand your life over to Christ if you haven't already. And maybe you do have a knowledge of God, but it's merely an assent, right? It's a mental assent. You, you, you acknowledge that you believe these truths are true, but you actually don't know them like you know your father. There's no actual trust there. There's an assent. You acknowledge that the truths are true, but there's no trust. There's no actually you putting yourself in the arms of God and saying, God, take me. I'm yours, right? The demons believe God is there. They know the gospel, there's a difference, though, between trusting God and assenting to the truths of God. Do you actually know God? If you knew him, you won't be able to be swayed by these false teachers who promise spirituality that really comes up empty. Let me pray for you right now. We're not done with the message, but I want to pray for this church right now. Is there someone in here that doesn't know him? I want to pray for you, and i pray for the rest of you, that God does a work in the sermon. Let's pray. Lord, I want to pray for this group that your spirit would wash over them. If there's a single person in here that doesn't know you, that they would fall under the conviction of your Holy Spirit and that they would give their lives to you today. That they would submit to you as the Lord of their lives and actually trust in your loving arms. Not just assent to the truths that they have been taught their whole lives, but actually entrust themselves to your saving arms, Lord. Pray for the rest here, Lord, that you would just open their eyes to see that you're enough. So maybe somebody's struggling here, and they've accepted you into their lives, but they're just struggling, God. They're struggling to to find peace in you. Help them to see that if you're their everything, that that's enough, that they could have nothing and yet possess everything because they have you, Jesus Christ. In your name I pray this. Amen.
0: Did this message draw you closer to God or did you trust Christ as your Lord and Savior today? We want to hear about it. Let us know by going to turnevangelism.com forward slash connect and fill out the form at the bottom of the page and tell us what God did in your life through this message. Also, if you would like to bring T.S. Myers out to do ministry with your church or organization, send us a message on our website, turnevangelism.com. Thank you for joining us for this message from Turn Evangelism with T.S. Myers.